stops for exclusive interviews. We're joined by uh, UCO head coach Nick Bowman. Coach, thank you for taking the time to talk to us today. You know, the, the, the number one thing is you, we, we, we have core values that we, we believe in very much here, here at UCO. Number one is trust. We are joined by University of Central Oklahoma Safety, uh, O'Shea Harris, who was recently named second team All-American this week. O'Shea, thank you for taking the time to talk to us. It shows that all the hard work I've been putting in over the last couple years finally paid off. I went from my registered freshman year feeling like I should play, but I wasn't quite ready to just work and do whatever I could in the summertime on the way room, taking everything serious, and then it all finally paying off. I just... Another episode of the Show Show Podcast presented by TheFallReport.com. I'm your host, Jonathan Goodall, a.k.a. J.G. Smooth. And much like last week against Missouri, 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 Western, UCO got off to a fast start, but was unfortunately unable to sustain that as they fell for the first time this season on the road to Emporia State 31-21. to uh, we will get into the recap and breakdown here shortly, but beforehand, as we as we normally do, start off with other UCL sports happening. On the soccer team, an uneven two and two on the season. They had a very tough loss to a ranked Dallas Baptist team last week at a late lead, and unfortunately could not sustain that. Or uh, they did they did they did have a rebound on Thursday, beating Oklahoma Christian four to nothing. And for losing to OBU four to three on Saturday, uh, they host Northeastern State on Friday and travel to Newman on Sunday. So, uh, hopefully, they are four and two when we come back on here this time next week. Volleyball is on a five-match winning streak as head coach uh, Edgar Miracu has his team seven to one on the season. They defeated East Central three one on Wednesday. Then in hosting. The Bronco Invitational, they beat Western Colorado 3-0, Western Mexico 3-1, East Central 3-0, and Oklahoma Christian 3-0. They traveled to Pitt State on Friday and traveled to Newman on Saturday. So hopefully, much like soccer team, uh, I come on, come on here Sunday and hopefully there's two more wins for the UCO volleyball team who is off to a very dominant start. Hopefully they can keep that up there, and make a run for the NCAA tournament. Uh, in other football-related news, sophomore safety Devlin Buckheit was named the MIAA Defensive Player of the Week for his 11-tackle game against Missouri Western last, well, I guess now a couple weeks ago. So I want to give Dylan a shout-out there because, again, I know Coach has talked about him stepping up as a leader in the secondary, and uh, that was a good start to the season, but turning our attention here uh, into Saturday's 31-21 loss 
Uh, like I said, you know, Yusha was able to strike strike first uh, on a 20-yard touchdown run on a draw from Stephon Brown that was set up by a nice scramble drill. Uh, he found Jace Gardner in the flat, just was able to turn it up, up the up the, up the field there and set it up there for a for the uh, 20 yard touchdown run. It was 7 0, 8 3 in the first quarter. Uh, then, uh, looks like Emporia, however, would find the quarter, you know I mean, would find the end zone late in the third quarter on a third and four. Uh, they completed a eight-yard pass by Braden Gleason, the Modro native, to De- uh, Dexton Swinehart. So I made it a uh, seven-to-seven gander at the end of the first quarter. Uh, it was was also noted too that Emporia's uh, first first down of the game came on that drive at the three thirty mark. So again, the defense was also off to a great start there. Uh, Lamontre Huval had, had, had a nice one-on-one tackle in space on third down that forced a punch. And uh, so, again, it was another good good start, uh, both sides of the ball, really. Uh, now, obviously, you know, Emporia scored there. You know, you don't want that. But, again, uh, it, it was another fast start. Appeared to be we had a good game on our hands. Then the second quarter, however, belonged to, to Emporia early on, uh, because because AUCO had a very promising drive going, they converted a third and eleven. Uh, 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 Stefan was a couple of missed passes from both him and Keats Calhoun, who made his season debut uh, during this this game here. It was one, I believe, three deep shots to Speedster Diego Richards that they could not connect on. The uh, One of them was overthrown. This one was short, how, uh, however, would have set up UCO inside the important six. Uh, but unfortunately, that was not the case. And uh, they had to punt the ball. Then Emporia here would get a couple of sacks in a quarter. Uh, Stefan was sacked for the fourth time on the following drive. Was then Emporia would score on a ten-yard touchdown pass uh, from Gleason to Tommy Zimmerman that was set up by a sixty-nine-yard pass. Now I must admit here the Emporia stream on the in the MIAA network was shaky. Uh, it froze on me a couple of times. There was no sound for about halfway through the first quarter, so. Uh, there was some plays that I that that that, that I, I did I didn't miss. Um, the sixty-nine yard pass was was one of them, but I did see the touchdown pass. It was a slant to uh, it, it was a slant on Dante's Fagan there. Uh, Fagan was behind Zimmerman. He was able to get his get his body in front of that there and get the touchdown. So Emporia would take. A 14 to 7 lead, 10 14 to go in the quarter. Uh, Keith, like I said, Keith would come in at the 8 11 mark again, but the stream froze. So I, I do not know what happened pretty much between the touchdown and the time that Keats 
stepped on the field. But on that drive, Keats would miss again a wide open Diego that had a walk in touchdown there. That's just the second time that Diego was missed. Uh, but how, but but however, the defense again. I want to give a shout out there to uh, defensive coordinator Dustin Landry and his staff there because again, kept them into the game, making it fourteen to seven and poorly at the half. So at that point, you know you figure you're still in the ball game here, make some offensive adjustments. Uh, you know the, the, the defense they just just eliminate the big plays, keep playing hard, defensive line. Uh, holding strong, which which again, with the defensive line again in this game. I, I want to give a shout out here to defensive line coach Sanders because the defensive line this year is different. The defensive line is different, is built different. It, they, they're bigger on the interior, longer on the exterior here, and the the the, the line play. The past two games, I have been thoroughly impressed with in the game. This was a defense line last year, 12 and a half sacks, and none in the first five or six games of the of the season. They got two sacks today, so we're sitting here. What that's 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 there's three sacks so far already in two games. That is a major upgrade. But but again, the the work of the defensive line, Coach Sanders, I cannot say enough. But the job that he has done so far, because no one is getting anything in the middle of the field, which is key. Okay, the 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 the, the, the pass rush from the exterior is it, quality. You, you might not get the sack, but you're fifty passes, and you saw it today, especially early on. The defensive line was getting there with a three and four man rush. That's something that has not happened probably since the 2018 season. So, again, I just want to go ahead right now and get out of the way, give a huge shout out there to Coach Sanders and the defensive line because the defensive line is different. It's built different. And, and I, I, I cannot wait to see how we progress throughout the season because so far through two games, very promising returns. Uh we're moving on to the to the third third quarter. The defense will pick up right where they left off. Got a stop on a third and one that would force the punt. Us to farm would return at quarterback. Uh, however, the offense would be stagnant there. Uh, Emporia would score on the following drive after the punt, set up by a twenty-one yard pass. Again, the string froze. I was not able to see that pass. But it was a nine-play, nine uh, 65-yard drive cap, capped off by a Billy Ross Jr. two-yard touchdown run. If that name sounds, sounds familiar. He was a standout at Heritage Hall. However, things would pick up for UCO as, uh, gee, according to my notes here, there was a big pass to Marquise King. Now, again, if the ball was on the money, I think Marquise King probably has a walking touchdown, but uh, regardless, it, it was it was still a, a very nice uh, uh, catch by Marquise because the ball the ball was not placed well for him. He had to uh, really adjust his body on the fly there. 
and and made a a catch as falling down. So I want to give Marquise the credit because that was a heck of a grab, and they they forced me to drive would end in a punt. Uh, however, on the following drive again, the defensive line that I've gotten was credit with this. I believe it was defensive in Noah West that was credited with the strip sack. But again, the defensive line coming in clutch. They had a strip sack of Gleason at the Emporia 6, uh, which then led to a five-yard touchdown pass to Marquise King. They, they motioned him a couple of times and then threw a little swing pass to him, and he outran two Emporia defenders to the corner. It was then made it a seven-point game late in the third. This would then make it a seven-point game heading into the, to the fourth. UCO would strike first in the in the fourth. They were they were driving before the quarter ended. Jace Gardner would score what I believe is his first career touchdown uh, with a, a, a dominating 19-yard run. Uh, he took the sweep, uh, but he, he, he took the sweep, hit the left side, broke several tackles. Uh, it, it was it was it was a pile of just math. And on the other end. You saw number 20 running into the end zone. So I want to give Jace Gordon today a shout-out for his first career 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 score. Again, if you've seen this man, if you know this man, absolute beast, it does not surprise me here that he was able to turn that into a touchdown. So then you have a tie game here, uh, 12-59. So uh, to go in, in the game. So right now, Basically, you have 0-0 here, and and at, at, at this point, UCO would have the uh, momentum. Then, unfortunately, the offense could just never find it find its footing. Uh, Emporia would score the last 10, 10 points uh, on the uh, on the uh, day. The first one was a twenty two yard field goal set up by a 52-yard run. Now, again, this is where the defensive ends. There was one nitpick on the on the defensive line. It is, it is in the run game. The outside runs, defensive ends sometimes get washed out of the out of the plays. I don't know how you can fix that, but that 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 was the case on this 52-yard run. However, the, the line came up big on pretty much two straight runs. And then they try to fade around, and Marshall Washington used his 6'3 length there, broke the pass off, and it was rewarded in a field goal. So at that point, it was only a three-point game. So again, you're feeling confident here. UCO again was not able to have a, a stained drive. Then aided by a pass interference and a personal foul. I do not know who the personal foul or the pass interference was on. Again, the camera angles. I mean, Poirier broadcast was just not great. But that would end up in a nine-yard touchdown pass from Gleason to Don Cowan, making it a 10-point game with 59 left to go in the ball game. Uh, and then on the final drive for UCO, uh, Stephon was set on the third down. And then threw an interception on the fourth and twenty, which at that point you had to just, just 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 throw it up there, hope for the best. And unfortunately, that pass was intercepted, and Port was able to run out the last two minutes and thirteen seconds of the game. 
And that is how Emporia pulled off a 21-13 win. I mean, 21-31 win. And so looking at the team stats here for first for Emporia, uh, they had 18 first downs, 131 yards, 4.4 yards carry uh, through the air, 280 yards passing, uh, 70 pl- uh, 72 plays, 411 yards. Um, let's see, it looks like on third downs, they were 5 of 16. and had the ball for 30 minutes and 11 seconds. For UCO offensively here, 13 first downs, uh, 68 yards rushing at 2.1 yards to carry. Now, again, you have to account for the sacks. And when you see the sacks, I, I just again, the offensive line did have struggles there. I mean, they had about three or four sacks left in the first half. But again, some of that was on Stephon, simply just holding the ball for way too long. Uh, passing the ball through the air, a buck 57. You give me a buck eighty. Finished with seventy plays for two hundred and forty-eight yards. They were four of seventeen on third downs, oh one on fourth. Had the ball for about two minutes less. So you know, again, third down. There's a lot of third down and longs. Though there, there was a lot of third down and longs, and then again, that is never good because it it just, it makes it harder. But the sacks, the sacks really did them in there. They got behind the chains. Quite often, and, and again, it's tough to overcome, especially when your offense. We, we must have seen here for the majority of drives through two games, the, the rhythm is not there. There will be there will be guys open, and it seemed like it seemed like Saturday night. It was either either the farm was getting pressured, and either got and, and got sacked, okay, or he had time, and Emporia's coverage was good, and no one was open. Or he had time, they were open, but they could not connect, just like on the two to three deep shots to Diego, and and then, like I say, and then the, the, the uh, pass to, to Marquise that should have been a touchdown. So it just seems like it's little things there that's really hurting the offense. So hopefully as the season progresses here, kind of work that out. But Emporia also has, has a very good uh, front. I don't know where they had a couple of honorable mention uh, All-Americans. Their defense is full of all-conference guys. So it was a good test, I think. It, it, it was a good learning experience. Uh, hopefully we take from that, uh, learn, and uh, improve moving forward. Uh, looking at the individual stats here for UCO, Stephon Brown on the day, 30 of, um, 13 of 30, buck 71, one pick, long of 28, sacked seven times. Now, again, I would say at least three or four of those was, was, was on Stephon uh, because, again, he just, he just held held the ball too long sometimes. He's running around, and you like to see that, but you also got to know when to give up on the play. Hopefully, we can get that fixed there. Uh, on the ground, Jace Garner, 13 carries, 76 yards, one touchdown, long of 19, 5.8 yards carry. Again, he, I thought he, he did a he did a really good job there. I uh, got the both of the carries in, in the in the second half, and, and again, I'm not surprised by this here. 
Um, so it's good to see that the, the, the running back, as you recall, against Missouri West in the run game was mainly from Stefan and Stefan only. So it was good to see the, that the actual running back unit today finished with about 84 yards. So, you know, that's that's great. He on 16 carries between him and Peyton Scott. They had three for eight. Um, Marquise, one for five. Keats, one for two. And then Stephon had 15 for 38, but then he got the sack yardage, finished with negative 23 and the one touchdown. And the false got that through the air, Keats was three of seven for nine yards. Uh, didn't receive wise, Jace Garner, the team, leading receiver in yards, two catches, 39 yards, along with 23. Uh, Diego, two for 36, along with 24 again. So they had at least two touchdowns, and we would be hit that. Now you're looking at a at a at a at a, at a four point win. So so this 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 was a winnable game, and it hurts knowing that it was a winnable game, but just you know, just a couple of plays here and there was the was the was the was the difference. Uh, Marquise two for thirty five long of twenty eight by Zelda fourth. Two for 19, long of 11. Uh, Josh Moore finally got in the stack home. I believe he was held catchless last week. Two for 17, long of 9. Payne Scott, 4 for 10, long of 4. And then Dante McGee, 1 for 1. Then defensively here, leading the way. Now, I must note it again. I want to give a shout-out to uh, defensive coordinator Dustin Landry because I know the yardage. It says 411 yards, but, it, you know, that again, the offense struggled to have sustained drive. They were out there a solid amount, and probably also had some some long drives. But they finished, though, with uh, 7, 7, 9, 10 TFL and 2 sacks. So again, that 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 is much and much improvement, and again, a lot of those came from the defensive line. So again, shout out there, Coach Landry and Coach Sanders, because again, the defensive line, the defensive front, especially on three and four man rushes, I don't think you understand how important that is to to get it with a standard rush. That, that's more than coverage, and I know it didn't really show today, but again, give the secondary time to to uh, improve because that 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 is I think the biggest problem in the secondary because there was there was a lot of open receivers that Gleason missed because he didn't have the time, he was not able to step into the throw, and and so again until we get that fixed. The defensive line is going has the has a, a huge task here, and so far through two games, I think they have lived up to that task. Uh, leading the way in tackles, Lamontre Hoover had seven tackles, a half TFL. Uh, Dylan Buckheit five tackles. Joseph Rock five tackles, two TFL, uh, two. TFLs, Noah West, five tackles, one TFL, one sack, and the fourth fumble will set up the uh, touchdown. Uh, Derek Shaw, 
uh, four tackles, one TFO, one sack. I think that's his first. Is that his first sack? Might be his first sack in a Michael uniform. Uh, Michael Slater, four tackles, three TFLs. Again, the interior of the defensive line. Uh, you know, you feel like I'm being a dead horse here, but it was impressive, man. I mean, just just this just impressive stuff. Uh, Kobe Stevens, four tackles, one TFL. Elijah Wright, four tackles, a half TFL. Malik Gray, three tackles, one TFL. Uh, Darius Hawkins, three tackles. Marshall Washington, three tackles. Jason Harris, two tackles. Uh, Bazaar, the fourth, one tackle. Donatus Fagan, one tackle. Paulo Hughes, one tackle. Hunter Larger, one tackle. Derrick Larkson, one tackle. Jonathan Mosley, one tackle. Kaishan Murray, one tackle. And Sterling Ortiz, one tackle. Uh, so, again, you know, that was the Emporia game. Not a whole lot, really, to break down necessarily here. Uh, finally punting the ball. It was not uh, last week starter, Francisco Moreno. It was a uh, freshman, both Phelps out of Piedmont, I believe. Piedmont. I think Piedmont. 11 punts, 427, average 38.8, long of 43. Uh, four was down inside of 20. It was a heck of a game there by both both Phelps. I know, I know Coach was also high on him uh, when I was asking about the uh, uh, punting battle. I remember he had mentioned that he was really high on both Phelps as well. So it was a good day debut for him. Uh, so again, that was the Emporia game. I, I, it, it was a winnable game, and it definitely hurts, uh, especially with the spirit to come back there, uh, the, the 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 turnovers, uh, the sacks. You know, you just you just felt like, you know, you do you had momentum there in the fourth. Felt like you could pull it out, but again, the offense was not able to have sustained drives. I uh, was not able to put drives together, and that that could cost them. In the in the uh, end, so you know again, it should be. I'm, I'm excited to see though how they respond because again, very young team, a lot of new players, a lot of new starters, right? So you know, came out the gates in the, in the home opener. We did not know what to really expect. All right, we came out there. They they won. We saw the improved defense. Okay, we saw the offense have some playmaking ability. Right, so now you kind of you, you knew what you saw. Now you have you had an idea. First road game of the season, Emporia State, another improved team. I think they were hurt a lot last year too, which is why they were four and seven. Very stout defense. Okay, we saw, you know, seven sacks. Okay, you know it it, it was it was it was tough, but again, you still gave themselves a chance to win that game. They did not play there. Their best game, or really until that final scoring drive, they were in that game, and so I do give them credit though for for uh, fighting, and and again you just can't get down though by that many points, especially with the offense currently still trying to find its footing. So we've now seen that. Now we will see how they rebound from that as they return home, Wildland Stadium Saturday. Uh, 7 p.m. kickoff against Missouri Southern. Now, you do not know Missouri Southern here. 
uh, the coach from last year, well, not last year, but you know what I mean, from last time they played, uh, the, the dude from uh, Garden City, Jeff Sims, he was fired. So they now have a new coach. I, I forgot his name. And then Missouri Southern is off to a bad start. They're off to a bad start. They're, they're 0-2 on the season. Now, you might say, maybe they have some, some tough games. Okay? Now, if you recall, I want you to go back. If you recall, it was the it was the 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 Emporia State the Emporia State recap last year at the end of the season. And you remember when I when I went on that brief soapbox about Northeastern State? Okay, and I and I, I read their stats. They got, they remember when they got beat by Fort Hayes ninety one to seven, and they allowed eighty two and a half points there. And I follow three games of that of that season, and I was saying how I hope they turn it around to make the President's Cup competitive. Because while I did enjoy the eighty-two to fourteen beatdown that was preceded by the sixty-two nothing beat beatdown the year prior, you know you want rivalry games to be competitive, and I was hoping you know you would see improvement because again they played hard. And I respect a team that plays hard. They were seventy-two to fourteen, and they were still playing hard. And regardless of what side you're on, you have to respect that. Well, it it listen. I was shocked when I saw this, but Northeastern State has tasted a victory for the first time. In 25 games, for the first time since October 28th of 2017, coincidentally on the exact same field when they beat Missouri Southern that year 32-28 in overtime. That was the last win Northeastern State until this past Saturday. When the stars aligned in Joplin as Northeastern State overcame a 10-point deficit to win 21-17. to Now, again, the arrivals, I know I'm not supposed to be giving them credit, but I, I'm glad for them. I sincerely I am because, again, they play hard. I respect a team that plays hard. Gives it they all, they laid it out there. Uh, it, 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 I just, I'm glad that they got the win. Okay, because now Lincoln is probably the only other winnable game. Okay, so again, I'm, I'm happy for them. But what does that say about Missouri Southern? Okay, that's telling Missouri Southern this year. The only one with two games last year, right? They 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 beat they beat uh, Lincoln and Northeast State. So that's telling me they got worse, which uh, which is which is good for UCO because hopefully, well, ho hopefully here, this means that UCO would be able to go out there, uh, fix some things and and, and show some some. Some 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 improvements there. 
Um, we're looking at the numbers from that from that game. Uh, Northeastern State in that game had 19 first downs, 135 yards rushing at 3.6 yards carry. Uh, through, through the air, they had 184 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions, and 319 total yards of offense. Uh, then we're looking here. Excuse me for a minute. I'm looking here then. Looks like on third downs, there were 7 of 16, 101 on fourth, 3 of 4 in the red zone, and notched 3 sacks. They also all won on field goals. Then for Missouri Southern here, they had 17 first downs. 178 yards rushing at 4.9 yards carry, 193 yards passing, one touchdown. They had 371 yards of total offense. Uh, on third downs, they were 7 of 16, 1 of 4 on fourth, 1 of 1 in the red zone, only one sack. So what is this telling me here? Okay, what what what, what this is what this is telling me about Missouri Southern. The offensive line is suspect, okay, because again, we know. Now, again, Fort Eastern State is an improved ball club, okay. Well, I, 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 I said that way back in the spring when they had the scrimmage against Tarleton State and they had about two or three sacks in that game. I said the defense looked to be improved, and so forth. That has been the case. But still, that 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 is encouraging to me. I like to believe UCO's front is still far superior. Uh, the, and, and again, the fact here that they own, they were 7 of 16 on third downs and 1 of 4 on fourth. Very encouraging here. Uh, and then offensively, you know, again, it's just, it is what it is. It, it, doesn't like, it does, not, does not appear to be to me that they're a very explosive offense here. Uh, it feels like just looking at the stats and, it, you know, just, just your basic offense. But uh, looking at the individual stats here for them, passing the ball, their quarterback, 6'4", 194, redshirt freshman, uh, Dawson Hurl, 19 of 28, 181, one, one touchdown, uh, was sacked three times. Then rushing the ball, you have 5'10", 184 freshman Nathan Gl uh, Glades. Glades, 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 Gladys, Gladys. Uh, 17 carries, 106, and a touchdown long of 29, 6.3 carries. So it seems to me here that contrary to last time when they had Iowa State and Georgia Transfer Jacob Park. They were throwing the ball. I think he threw the ball about sixty times that game. Uh, it looks to me like, like like they're going to be more of a ground and pound team, which is great for UCO because again, uh, the the run defense, especially in the middle of the field, has been has been has been immaculate. So uh, that 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 was like they were able to play into UCO's strength there. Uh, then receiving. Brian Boyd has just catches for, for 51 yards. 
Uh, then 5'10", 174 pound freshman running back Jeremy Brown, two for 45 and the one touchdown. Uh, then six foot 184 freshman Akeem Gilmore, he had three for 30, 37. Uh, six foot 173 pound freshman Jaden Stoshak had two for 20. Uh, Gladys had two for 20. And then six foot 166 freshman J Jar Michael Cooper had one for 13. So if you're looking here, they also seem to be a very young, young team. A lot of their roster uh, from Coach Sims appears to be gone. And that was a Juco heavy roster. So I, I suspect that, that, that the, the uh, depth was not great. So you're going to see a lot of freshmen and sophomores here. Someone how UCO is currently, I just suspect that UCO is much more talented, and hopefully that was so Saturday. And then defensively here for Missouri Southern, uh, against Northeastern State, sophomore linebacker Colton Winder, 6'2", 230, had 12 tackles. A senior defensive back, 6'3", 201, Malachi Brodino. Illinois State transfer, a rare senior, uh, nine tackles, one for loss. Then you have junior linebacker Coleman Booker, six foot one, two oh one, eight tackles, one quarterback, Hurry, a uh, freshman, two freshmen, defensive back, Caven Reed, great, great size here at six three, one ninety-five, five tackles, one TFL, one pick, and one break up. Now I must say. They kind of they, they they are long in the secondary. Okay, they, they they are long in the secondary here of their DBs. As we go, you will see a good most of them are six foot or taller. So that might cause some problems. I don't I don't know about the this the speed wise, obviously, with the speed of Marquise King and Diego Richards here. You know, I, I think they could, they could, they could beat most guys. So it's just, I'm just curious to see here uh, how the how the uh, length in the secondary works for them. Uh, linebacker here, Junior Richard Jordan, Richard Jordan Jr., 5'11", 205, four tackles, two quarterback hurries. A senior defensive back, Gerard Alton, 5'11", 190, four tackles, half. TFTFL sophomore lineman Solomona Fatual 6'3, 265, four tackles, one TF, one and a half TFL, one hurry. Uh, sophomore defensive back William Williams. Yes, this man's name is William Williams. 5'8, 213, four tackles, one TFL. Senior DB Jalen Alexander, 6'1. 162, a Tulsa native, uh, three three tackles, one breakup. Sophomore linebacker Jaquan Allen, 6'1", 207, three tackles, one TFL. Sophomore DB Dylan Bolden, 6'1", 170, one tackle, one pick, two breakups. Uh, junior lineman Rommel Reedus, 6'3", 222 pounds, one tackle, one TFL. One sack, one breakup, one quarterback hurry. And then finally here, freshman D lineman Nick Cruz, 6'2", over 246, one tackle, one sack. Now, 
What is noticed here, I'm seeing quite a bit of TFLs here in hurries. So the offensive line might have a really quick opportunity here to show that last week is behind them. Uh, now, now, now that, uh, that's to be interesting here because, again, I like to think I know that as a unit, uh, Coach, Coach, Coach Green, and I know Coach Bobek puts a lot of uh, focus and effort into I uh, like to think here, we should see improvements there, but Missouri Southern appears to have at least a, from now again in this Northeastern state. Is that a fair comparison? Probably not, but they should have some guys that can get after the get after the quarterback. So it should be interesting there to to see how that pans out. But but you know again. I, I feel like this should be a game. Uh, you should, should come out there again and establish the run, uh, get Jace going, get Peyton Scott going. Uh, it, 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 we, we can get, if it's right, rather it's Stephon or Keith out there, get them going. We can get in a rhythm, have some sustained drive, and I think offensively comes some consistency would be huge. I mean, we have it where we get spurt, like you saw in Missouri West in the first half, and spurts, three three touchdowns. You saw it Saturday and spurts again with that with that with that fourteen point flurry right there. But it's not sustained. If we can get some sustain over the course of four quarters, consistent sustained offensive drives, generate some points there. I think it'll be a positive step uh, defensively here. Are the secondary that I, now I know is young. I, I know there has been there's been people shuffling in and out there. We gotta be better in the in the in the in the back seven and yeah in the in the back seven back seven and eight because the defensive line is there. The the defensive line is there. The defensive line to me is 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 capable. To keep up that, as we saw Saturday, it was capable to keep him in the game. Okay, defensive line to me is big time. Okay, the back seven, gotta figure that out. We gotta figure that out, and to me, we gotta figure it out quickly, because it, as, as we start playing the the uh, Fort Hayes, who actually lost to Missouri Western by six, I noticed that, but the Fort Hayes. Uh, Northwest Missouri's are currently pretty solid so far this year. As we get into those teams, uh, the pitch states, you know, it, we, that that would become more of an issue. So the quicker we get that resolved, the better defense is as a whole moving moving uh, forward. But again, it's another chance here for a defensive line to assert to assert their their uh, dominance here. Excuse me, Missouri Southern. Seems to be a run-first team this year. And again, as we saw with, what, 10 TFLs, the majority of those coming from the defensive front there. It uh, should be another strong outing for Coach Sanders and his defensive line group because, again, that group, I cannot tell you how refreshing it is to see the usual defensive line making plays in the run, in the pass game. There's not happening. Since 2018, when there was Justin Stewart, there was Eli Hooks, 
There was Noble Libran. There was Trey Warmington. There was Jordan Stafford. There was Noah Ingram. I'm sure I'm forgetting some people in there. But <laughs> it's refreshing to see a deep rotation of guys and you really can't tell when one comes out and one comes in because they, they, they do their job and the people the people in the middle stop the runs they force the runs to the outside the, the, a pass rush from the outside is immaculate Robert Fuentes Deion Woods Noah West it just the sheer length there affecting the passing lanes it is refreshing to see the dominant defensive line again. And to me, the sky is the limit for that group. And so I just hope that moving forward, we continue to see strong play. And, and, and hopefully we, we get some more sacks in there. It's been good to see so far through two games. We've got three sacks. It's positive here. Hopefully we can continue on that trend. Hopefully we can get a couple of more Saturday against 7 p.m. kickoff inside one stadium against Missouri Southern. So looking looking forward to being there. Hopefully UCO is able to handle 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 business. Uh, we come on here next week and we are uh, breaking down a, a a dominating win over Missouri Southern. So uh, until that time, my name is Tom Goodo, aka JJ Smooth. Talk, talk to you all later.